0: Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project podcast. This is the show where we talk about the films of the Walt Disney Company. They could be Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Disney Tune Studios, Walt Disney Productions. We, we eventually get around to all of it here on this program and over at DisneyFilmProject.com. I'm Ryan Kilpatrick, host of the program, and along with folks you're about to meet, we run the aforementioned DisneyFilmProject.com, where you can find the show notes for this show, as well as past Blu-ray and DVD reviews and shorts and things and all kinds of history from the Walt Disney Company. So make sure you go and check that information out over at DisneyFilmProject.com. Joining us, as always, we have our fine film experts. Uh, First of all, the man who can make any donkey engine work, Mr. Todd Perlmutter.
1: Yes, I mean, it's down you know, on basic physics principles. It's easy stuff, though honestly, I would understand how to secure one on the side of a mountain just a little bit better than they did.
0: One would think, yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, from just play on it, we have the one and only Miss Rachel Cole.
2: Ryan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. okay. So I watched Sky High last night. Could we talk about that instead? Could we talk about major sporting events being recreated by small, fluffy animals? Could we talk about anything except for the movie we're going to talk about today?
0: Um, no.
2: No? Okay. I, I figured I'd give it a shot. <laughs> it was worth a
0: try. I agree. <laughs> Completely agree. Uh, and, of course, we have our fine producer, the person who makes everything happen around here, the, the one and only Miss Cheryl Perlmutter. How are you, Cheryl?
3: Good. I had no idea I had such power over the weather by picking a movie.
0: I know. You pick Snowball Express and a polar vortex descends upon the, the, the nation. It's kind of scary.
3: I had no idea. And just to let people know, we are thinking about doing this for next year. What we're going to do is we're going to have a vote, people. You're going to have your choice. Um, we have some great candidates. We have Haley Mills. We have Fess Parker. We have Fred McMurray, and we have Don Knotts. That's right. And we're also going to let you nominate people. The rules are, for nomination, they have to have four live-action movies.
1: That we have not already done. That
3: we have not already covered. That's right. It must be live-action, because we don't want four John Ratzenberger movies, and then we do all four Pixar films. Nope. We don't want to do that. That's (laughs) Um, right. So... So, start thinking, start doing, using your Amazon and IMDb skills to d- test and and think of any other people that we might have missed out there that did four films that we haven't covered, live action, and we'll put them all up for vote. Um, you can vote via email, Facebook, Twitter, um, I won't know the email, but you can just give us a vote. And we'll see who wins for next year. And that way, they can't blame me for next year, folks. They can blame all you guys for next year.
1: (laughs) Or or the Walt Disney Company, one or the other. (laughs) Yes,
3: that's probably probably
0: more where the blame lies. Uh, Yes, as Cheryl's referred to, we are finishing up Dean Jones Month um, with the 1972. It is referred to in in some of the copy I'm looking at as a screwball comedy uh, entitled Snowball Express. Um, I I have a question. Yes.
2: What or who is the Snowball Express of Snowball Express?
0: That's a very good question. I'm going to ask our guest because, you know, from time to time we have people join us. So we have Jeff Williams, Braindead92 on Twitter, who also – you have a new blog, correct, Jeff?
4: Yes, uh, keepmovingforwardblog.com. Okay. And I'm kind of confused. I, I thought this was the Frozen Sing Along podcast. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
4: no! no. No, but, but close, your, been, eyes. close
1: your eyes. Close your eyes really, fun. really tight. Do you see sparkly snow floating around? There you go.
0: <laughs> that would be closer. So do you know what the Snowball Express
4: is, Jeff? Uh, not a clue. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: so it is a Dean Jones movie. It is uh, Dean Jones taking over a quote-unquote ski lodge or – hotel or something they they don't really make it that clear and it's you know not entirely clear in the movie uh and it stars basically it's norman tokar the director of such cinematic classics as savage sam those callaways the ugly dachshund follow me boys uh the cat from outer space happiest millionaire happiest millionaire yeah also was good
1: also every episode of leave it the beaver
0: I did not know that. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but it's he, along with the TV stars of the day, joining in. Kenan Wynn, who's been in lots of the f- live-action films. He was the bad guy in Shaggy DA. Uh, George Lindsay, Mary Wicks, Kathleen Cody, Nancy Olsen playing Dean Jones' wife. So it's pretty much exactly what you'd expect if you turned on the TV in 1972, uh, except they put this in theaters and theoretically had script writers.
1: Yeah. It was double build. You could see it with one of two movies, either Lady and the Tramp or Saludos Amigos.
0: I would have walked out after one of those.
1: (laughs) They probably showed it second. The the other ones.
0: (laughs) That that would have been the ploy, yes. If you're if you're going to get people to sit through Snowball Express, you better have something at the end of it. Um, For us, it's a podcast, so that's what it that's what it's going to be.
1: Yeah. I, did you see the campaign slogans? I have a whole site where I found, like, somebody had all the the posters for this. So, that, so the, That's unfortunate. The posters all go, shush, boom, ouch. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, ouch. It's not good. It's
2: not
0: good. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think we can all agree to that, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I will say there are 88 people on Amazon who would disagree with you, though. There are 88 five-star reviews for this movie on Amazon. Oh,
0: good grief!
1: Well, there are 6.5 billion people in this world. There you go. <laughs> That's
0: a good point.
2: It's
0: <laughs> a very good point. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's not good. It's but the one the one bright side I found was if you've been listening to our other Dean Jones month podcast, um, Suzanne Plachet was not in it.
3: <laughs> oh, I think this one was worse.
0: Oh, I think she had a point throughout the whole – you know, normally Suzanne Plachette was being mean, like, get rid of your dog or stop turning into a dog even though you have no control over it. In this case, this woman was like, I don't want to leave a secure job and live out in the middle of the snow with no heat. I think she had a point.
2: Yeah. I was I was totally on her side. If, if – <laughs> If my husband came home and said, "I just quit my job and we're moving like to the middle of nowhere," I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, 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 I did, I did, I did send a tweet, a tweet, a tweet to Sally saying that that she should be wary if if Ryan ever gets some um, yes family from from a property member.
0: Yeah. No. She 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 told me after watching this. Uh, that, that she would be on the lookout, and that's not going to happen.
3: Um, also, we should say, I had to say this, she's going to be back for Fred Murray month.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <And> she,
1: <laughs> if if <laughs> we get <laughs> well, yeah. to Fred McMurray
3: month. That's, um, that's nice. Apparently, and she's been um, in a few Disney movies. <laughs> oh, no doubt, no doubt.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah so the the basic setup for this uh, let me let me set this up is is exactly what Rachel just laid out, which is Dean Jones get the the first like two or three minutes of the movie uh, a probate attorney comes and tells him that his uncle has left him ownership of the Grand Imperial Hotel in Silver Hill Colorado, uh, and he didn't want the hotel he was just going to get rid of it, and then he finds out that the hotels theor- supposedly brings in $14,000 a month, which in 1972, that's a lot of money. Uh,
1: Yeah, that equates to about $60,000 a month today.
0: Which would be very nice. And so Dean Jones quits his job, um, embarrasses Dick Van Patten, his boss, who shows up for five minutes, and tells his family they're all moving to Colorado. And that's the setup for the movie.
1: Yeah. I also wanted to say uh, the lawyer uh, was uh, David White from Bewitched played larry tate
0: oh okay
1: right because i guess I, there's a lot of interesting little like cameos here and there in this movie so
0: well it's all it's all tv people like it, that's, it is that's, all tv people you know like i think you were saying uh i can't remember which of the dean jones movies you were talking about you know there was the a team and the b team this was one of those b movies that they basically went out to to colorado and found a ski resort and just threw all the tv stars out there as a little vacation i think
1: Yeah, I think you know everybody. A lot of people. These were they. If you pay attention to when this movie came out, which was 1972, they're like right between shows. A lot of these people, like Harry Morgan, you know, like I said, uh, David White, you know, Dick Van Patten, They're all like, there's their 70 shows haven't started yet. Or well, MASH was started, but you know, Harry, you know, Colonel Potter didn't come on uh, the scene until a little bit after it started. So.
2: Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was. I think it was maybe like the third or fourth season when he joined the show. Maybe it was le- even later than that. Yeah, it was really.
1: He played two yeah. characters in earlier episodes, but that was really it. Oh. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, that is the setup for the film, and the the remainder of the film, you would think, would follow them trying to make it out there which it kind of does but they can't make up their minds really if this is a save the farm plot or a fish out of water plot or both or they just alternate between the two it's like they decided to go one way and then they kind of change it a little bit and then they go back and forth and back and forth because when they get out there it turns out that the hotel no one's ever heard of it Uh, And they go look at the hotel, and it's a ramshackle, just shack with no heat, no nothing. Uh, And, you know, it's obviously not making that kind of money every month. And they have given up everything and driven out here from New York for this basically falling-in hotel.
1: Yeah. uh, The hotel is the Grand Imperial Hotel. It's, uh, It's in Silver Hill, Colorado in the movie, which is a real place. Uh, in real life, the Grand Imperial Hotel, which is actually a real thing, by the way, also, like, like you know, within that area of. Because they're in the Gunnison National Forest. That's like, they mentioned that a little bit in the movie, which is the forest that covers the Elk Mountains that, you know, a lot of people ski on when they go to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, the real Grand Imperial's in Silverton, Colorado, which is right near there. And they're actually doing all their filming in Crested. Boot, Butt, I never know how to pronounce that word, you know, that, that whole Butte. thing, I don't know. Butte, there you go, see, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going with Butt. Anyway, uh, which is a real life ski town resort, by the way, and it's a very popular ski re- ski town, so, you know. And you can see it, like, uh, if you go to the website for, for Crested, what, say it again?
0: Crested Butte. Butte,
1: Butte okay. If I, I showed Cheryl, they actually have pictures of the town on their website, And it's literally the same buildings only with like new paint jobs. I can believe it. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. no, it's so obviously at this point you're thinking, okay, well, they're going to fix up the hotel and that's the plot of the movie, which kind of is true. But then there's also the fact that they are going to lose the hotel that comes along later and then they rotate back to we're going to fix the hotel and then they rotate back to we're going to lose the hotel and th- that, that was kind of my problem with the whole thing is I wasn't really sure what they were actually trying to do most of the movie.
2: Yeah, well, the clip that I saw online from this, I kept thinking that it was like that the race was the big part of the movie, that <laughs> it was just all building up to this race and I'm like, wait! Okay, there's like nothing that's like a, there's like one mention early on about the race, but other than that, like there really isn't anything that leads up to that right. that like builds to that
1: yeah also, I like that they have they already come complete with the Saint Bernard, which is you no know, famous for being a ski slope snow rescue dog, right?
4: Yeah <laughs> And this one hates the snow that's I guess that's kind of funny.
1: yeah uh, he calls him like chicken, like uh, chicken heart or something like that at one point in the movie.
4: Yeah, because
0: his name—the name of the dog—is actually Stoutheart, but he starts calling him a chicken because he's, well, a chicken.
3: <laughs> he's also a bed hog.
0: Yes, he is. He jumps in bed with them a lot.
3: In and, and with <laughs> guests.
0: Uh, yeah, and with the, when there eventually our guests. Yes, he does <laughs> jump in the bed with the guests.
2: By the way, the scene where he like where he has to drag him out of the the hotel room that like one of the lodgers is staying in that is the last time you see the dog in this movie because it bothered me. I was like the whole rest of the movie. I kept looking for the dog and I'm like, where is he? But, <laughs> well, at the
1: very end, you like, see him at the very last scene.
2: Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess, I guess you're right about that, but <laughs> I was just like, okay. I, I also thought maybe there was going to be some animal comedy kind of like Beethoven, which maybe I kind of also thought just because of the breed of the dog, but um, yeah, yeah, that not so much.
0: <laughs> I I was hoping for, comedy, period.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
4: I, I didn't get hey, much of that. Raccoons in the oven are hilarious. What are you talking about? <laughs>
0: yeah, true enough.
1: <laughs> Nothing says loving like a raccoon in the oven.
0: <laughs> I, I believe that was the original slogan until they changed it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so the, the family moves into the hotel, they find Harry Morgan living there, who's an old, old gentleman by the name of Jesse, uh, and it turns out he's been sort of keeping the place up ever since uh, Dean Jones' uncle died uh, many years ago, which, which didn't make sense to me, right? Like, if the probate lawyer just went and gave him the hotel just now, how long ago did he actually die?
2: Maybe I'm it was really like unsure. a weekend at Bernie's situation. <laughs> it could have been. Like <laughs> that, now, see, that would have been a funny movie.
1: I, here's here's a bigger question. So during the probate, little thing that goes on, they he asks about his mom and he gives his mom's name. Wouldn't his mom be the next I guess unless it was his dad's uncle. But then one, either his mom or his dad is dead.
2: They said it was on his mom's side. Then his mom was dead. It was his. Yeah, <laughs> because she like,
1: would have been next of kin. This is true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very true.
3: Or maybe the great uncle just gave him the 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 lodge.
1: No, no, no. They make the point to say it's because he's next of kin. Oh, next, next to of him. Him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: it's
0: yeah. yeah, nope. a good point. But yeah, so he takes Jesse in uh, and lets Jesse be the bellhop at the hotel, and so they're. Apparently they've decided they're going to fix up the hotel, but the problem is like nobody's coming out to this place to stay. It's not it's not like the hotel is like right in the middle of town or anything. It's It's also not
3: like the hotel is very well kept has been very well kept up along the years.
0: No, no, not at all.
3: So we're not talking like we're staying at Wilderness Lodge, we're staying (laughs) over at um We're staying in the haunted mansion. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I thought that was very clever because you have to think that I, I couldn't figure out what the building actually was. Like, there's a site that actually has old abandoned ski resorts all over that mountain range. I, I thought, you know, like I said, you can find anything on the Internet. So think about a site about old abandoned ski resorts. And um, I'm, I just like because you have a feeling that they had the cobweb work, you know, going because it looks like those type of cobwebs that you see in the Haunted Mansion and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know that that and they have a whole like Disney has a whole thing that they talk about, you know you can all see all sorts of stuff online about how they uh, do that, but I wanted to say that um one of the things that I looked up it took me a while to find out how the word was actually spelt, was Jesse mentions the the cold mountain wind being called the yzea right yeah okay it 's not actually the cold mountain wind it 's actually a the yzea is a giant. From Sioux Indian lore, that's supposed to be the bringer of winter. So, it's, I just wanted to correct that fact that the movie gives you wrong. That's, I just felt the need to do that.
0: So, you're you're expecting historical accuracy from Snowball Express?
1: Well, I would think that if somebody actually took the sec- the moment to look that word to look that word up and work it into a plot, that they might have actually gotten it right. I don't know. Okay,
0: have- I I'm going to assume that again. They took all these people out to you know Colorado to Crested Butte. Uh, set them up in a ski resort and said, we're going to go shoot a movie for about a couple of hours a day. We're going to write the script as we're shooting. And then we're going to go skiing the rest of the day.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it's kind of like the theory that some people have about a uh, recent Adam Sandler movies, like um, the one where he's playing his own twin sister, where they, they end up like during the movie, they go on vacation to like Hawaii or something like There's a couple movies he's made that have been like this, and they think that yes. in actuality, Adam Sandler just wants to go on vacation, and he just happens to set the movie around either a cruise or a trip to Hawaii or some other vacation destination. Yes. So I, I think you're right on I the money would, about right. that
0: i think that's what happened but so then the next big revelation that happens is that is that uh dean jones and his wife are walking behind the hotel trying to figure out what they're going to do they don't know how they're going to keep this place up until wally pulls up on his snowmobile um wally you might recognize uh from the kurt russell medfield college trilogy yep I i can't remember what his name was in those movies
1: uh, he was just the sidekick. He was like the, the best friend to Kurt Russell's character.
0: Yeah, so he pulls up and apologizes for making tracks in the snow, and that's when they realize that everything they're looking at, the entire hill behind the hotel, is actually his property, and they decide to turn it into a ski lodge, despite the fact that he doesn't know anything about skiing, ski lodges, or any of that thing.
1: <laughs> small, small, small detail. Small detail. Small detail. Yeah,
0: which but, which becomes a problem when he goes to the banks to try to get uh, funding for this ski lodge.
1: <laughs> I here's the thing, right? Like Dean Jones is, he's he's a good, he's actually a good actor, I think. Right? Yes, uh, that's just I would my agree. opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he's not so suited for the type of slapstick that he gets written into him in, for some of these movies. Yes. Okay, and that's kind of what I feel kind of, you know, hurts this movie is had you had somebody who is more slapstick oriented than than just straight up, you know, playing cuz he's a straight guy, right? Yeah, he he yeah. has
0: like a dry wit, dry sense of humor to him that I think works well in certain movies. Like in Love Bug, he does really great
4: with it. Yeah, for sure he's a straight get, straight man. Yeah. 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 And so I think that's what I think
1: that's what kind of sort of is hurting him as the leading man in this role that's clearly meant to be a slapstick role.
0: Yeah, that's true. This would definitely work better with a you know a more physical comedian, which he is not. Right. Because, you know, he goes he first goes to Keenan Wynn's character, Mr. Ridgway, to get the money, admits that he doesn't have the uh knowledge to do this business, and ends up you know, not getting the loan. But we also Many- find out
3: that Ridgway also has his own agenda.
0: Yes, that's what I was going to say. Mainly because Ridgway is interested in the property himself. He's already offered to buy it once before through the probate. Now he offers Dean Jones' character the, the chance to buy it again. And his secretary, who's sitting there, is a little miffed at him, knowing that he has something else that he wants to do with that property.
3: Probably because she played a nun later in life.
1: Yeah, that's Mary Wick's.
0: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So rather than, Sorry.
0: yeah, rather than uh, repeat this this problem, he goes to find another banker in the next town, and doesn't admit that he doesn't know anything about skiing, and instead goes skiing with the guy again. He doesn't know how to ski, um, and ends up careening down a hill for what feels like half an hour.
1: <laughs> Backwards. <laughs> Only only for 15 minutes of the half an hour he's backwards. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> like, wow, did this go on for forever.
1: <laughs> here's here's the thing, like, I remember this movie from when I was a kid and I remember this scene, the going down the mountain thing and you, when, kids, like, today I realize kids are, look at things a lot differently than they did when I was a kid but I remember thinking it was the funniest thing in the world but really they, you have to remember that at the time Gilligan's Island and, you know, That's where I'm coming from, so... Right. (laughs) So it worked. It just didn't work as well in my adult life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's definitely funny bits to it, but it would have been funny... Like, I'm exaggerating clearly with the 30 minutes, but it's probably a good 10 minutes. Am I right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, It
0: would have been funnier at, like, three and a half minutes.
2: See, this is the point in the movie... Um, when Eric actually started kind of blacking out on, like, what happened. <laughs> was. And when we went back and we're going through the movie and I was just kind of refreshing myself on, okay, so this happens and this happens he actually started making up another, like, subplot in the midst of all this that I was like, no, that never happened.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we had to pull up the movie and resolve this debate because I was like, no, that did not happen. And he's like, did I just make up a whole another movie in my head? <laughs> Is, is that my brain trying to protect myself from, from Snowball Express? Pro-
0: probably.
1: <laughs> well, you know, they say when you have a traumatic experience, you might actually create a new memory rather than remember the traumatic <laughs> experience. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I, I did want to say that I looked it up because I'm not a skier, but yelling track does indeed... Is indeed the word to yell for to yielding the right of way when you're skiing and apparently downhill does always have uh, the right of way over uphill, even on a lift situation like the rope toes.
0: Well, there you go.
1: So.
3: I wonder what happens if you yell track during a restart. I think you should <laughs> try that. No,
1: when when you actually run, you're actually if you're going to drop from a run to a walk interval, you're actually supposed to throw your hand up so people know that like you're you're going <laughs> to. Like jackknife on the, on the highway, you know, kind of thing. So,
3: I still think burn would be
0: funny. It would be, it would be, especially going downhill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, which is kind of like when you re-enter Epcot. That's what you're doing. You're going downhill, right? So that's right. There you true. Track. I think I would really confuse people. <laughs>
3: Maybe you get a few cast members and do Snowball Express, though.
1: <laughs> also, by that point in the race, I'm not really going that fast. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: So, then we, he he manages to do that and does not get the money uh, because it you know he destroys, basically, some other ski lodge. Um, and then we get this whole middle portion of the movie which basically does not move things forward whatsoever. Wait,
3: before we move along... I want to talk about the son reading the article on the <laughs> newspaper. Yes. <laughs> and, That's right. More. And reading, to, reading exactly what had happened to him. <laughs> that was so
1: funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, My favorite line from that article was that not since the avalanche of 1946 had there been more injuries. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. His kid is uh, is probably the best part of the movie.
1: Well, it's, It's Johnny Whitaker, which is why I like to recover from this movie. I went and listened to the soundtrack for uh, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters.
0: Well, there you go. (laughs) But yeah, like, the next bit of the movie, like, doesn't actually move them forward whatsoever. Because from this point until the start of the race, like, they don't make any progress, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because what happens is Ridgway gives him a check um, for, for money. Uh, they break the hot water heater, Wally and Jesse do, which blows open a hole in the kitchen.
1: Oh, I was going to say, breaks was a nice word.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what <happens>? It explodes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so Ridgway, now, I don't understand why Ridgway gave him a check.
1: I think, I think he gave, he, he gave him a set check so that he would sign the promissory note, Right. So that if he couldn't repay it would default it would revert revert to Ridgway that's what right. Ridgway's play they just didn't really cover it until like the last 2 minutes of the movie as yeah. and yet so <laughs>
0: which which by the way when we get there i had to watch the last 2 minutes four times to understand what happened
2: oh oh my gosh i have that uh, i have in my notes um, i watched the the ending several times and i read the in-depth plot synopsis on w- the wikipedia page and it still makes no sense
0: <laughs> no it doesn't it doesn't but we'll, we'll we'll get there but so he gives him the check the the water heater explodes therefore the check covers basically just fixing the damages
1: so but they but can't, they can't afford an engine to get to run the rope tow.
0: Right. In order to do this, they can't build an actual ski lift. They were going to do a rope tow, which is basically, you know, the rope you grab on, on the rope and the engine pulls you, you know, pulls the rope up the hill. You get to the top of the hill and then you you roll down, down the hill. So, Jesse meanwhile finds this old donkey engine uh and and they figure out they they spend like another 20 minutes trying to figure out how they're going to get that up the hill. Yeah.
1: And pretty much what he explains a donkey engine is, is pretty much exactly what it is in the movie. I mean, that's like, you know, the first time something I've ever seen in a long time in, it, in, in this range of Disney movies that we've been concentrating on, you know, the, the late 60s, early 70s stuff, is, uh, is that they get something like that in the movie and they actually explain what it is in real life. You know, because that, that's what it does. It's used to tow logs around by the logging industry. That's yeah. it. Done.
0: <laughs> uh but they man- they finally managed to get the engine to pull it itself up the hill. They set it up. They set up the rope tow and they're just they've got everything ready to go. They're waiting for guests. Uh Jesse or I'm sorry, Wally rather, dynamite's a tree stump off from the ground thereby setting off an avalanche, which by the way, I had to go back and watch again to to realize that that's what it's caused the avalanche. Yes.
2: Oh my gosh. Like okay, We had an argument about this. I said that it caused the avalanche. Eric still maintains that it's ambiguous and doesn't quite say that he caused the avalanche. Maybe that he did, but it's not certain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I just like the, you know, again, it's it's those moments where the stump, if it was that much dynamite, probably would have just been blown to bits, no matter how old the Mm -hmm. stump was. But in Disney fashion, it shot straight up in the air, does a backflip, and then lands back in the same spot.
2: Of With course. the roots all intact.
1: Right. <laughs> and what's weird about that to me is, like, why did they even have to remove that stump? There's so much open space on the side of that mountain, it was like <laughs> there was no reason for him to be doing that. No, not at all. Mm-mm.
3: It was a plot device.
1: It was to get a him lot to use of things dynamite. in this. Yeah. yeah uh
0: but anyway he causes an avalanche it blocks a train there's a bunch of skiers who were going to the next town over they managed to go down get all the skiers put them in the resort they managed to keep them in the resort for what 12 hours before they screw it up
1: (laughs) i'm really unclear how much time passes at this point in the movie
3: (laughs) and then we wait wait let's before let's can we deal with the lady that's sitting on
2: him throat time yes me? yes i have this in my notes too <laughs> yeah the woman uh naomi who keeps flirting with him and he apparently has no problem with this
4: no of course he doesn't oh you mean naomi tight pants <laughs> <laughs> that's that right your first that's funny Uh, Yeah, I don't know. And
0: who then disappears, right? Like, she's not actually a piece of the movie. She just shows up, hits on him a couple times, and then she's gone. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Much like all the skiers are soon gone because the Wally, who is teaching the skiing class, loses his balance and goes dangling over the edge on a pine tree – and so they use the donkey engine to lower Dean Jones to get him, um, and then the donkey <laughs> engine breaks loose, tears through the hotel, uh, destroys everything. All the guests leave, and so literally, like this, this whole section of the water heater exploding and figuring out the donkey engine and building the ski lift, the, the the rope tow, and all that kind of stuff, we're right back where we started. They don't have any money, and they don't they they don't know what to do with the property.
2: My question is um, Wally has been living in the mountains, presumably for his entire life, and he doesn't know how to ski?
1: (laughs) So I wrote down the title of the book, right? Because it was (laughs) How to Ski Marks 4, the 1970 edition. But that's not actually the key thing on it. It actually, the the guy who wrote the book is W.L. Short, okay, which is actually a cross country skiing reference. So he's not reading. A downhill skiing book? He's reading a cross-country skiing book.
2: Well, that explains it. Okay.
1: Because <laughs> W.L. stands for World Loppet, and, and World Loppet does, uh, they do a lot of cross-country s- ski races, and a lot of them are called short races, so it's W.L. short. Okay, and I'll, I'll have a link for that on the site, but I thought that was funny. So he's reading a cross-country ski book to teach people how to downhill ski.
3: Um, my Lovely. item was that this reminds me of the goofy short of how to ski.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
3: yep. It does. It's
1: true. Okay. We should be reviewing that. <laughs>
0: we should.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. It. I mean, like, but you guys get my point, right? Like, that whole middle section of the movie, like, nothing. Mm. It, it, we, we have made no progress.
3: Nope.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, ultimately nothing that happens in this movie matters. Like from when he arrives to the end yes. and the end the just deus ex machina like ridiculousness of that ending. Yeah, yeah.
0: So the whole idea like yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to the end, but it, you're correct. Nothing that happens makes any difference to the outcome of the film. That's like rule number 1 of don't do this. And it would be okay if the movie were funny but like basically like for me I'm watching this engine plow through the hotel that's not funny You're like oh okay So that's that's bad <laughs> uh, Right like it's not I'm not laughing at at you know property damage in this particular instance
4: you know, it's like the whole plot was based on, uh, you know, some brainstorming session they had for stunts they could do. And then yes. they just clabbered together connections to those crazy stunts.
1: Or what kind of funny things happen when we go skiing. Everybody now, go!
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I don't really know. Uh, it was it, – it's, it's just like – here's the other thing. It's, none of it really actually fits together well despite that it's all happening in the same location.
0: Yes. There's no connective tissue. It's a lot like um, when we talked about Ugly Dachshund, you know, where there's just these little vignettes and then, you know, eventually they they come together. But in this one, it's just like the only thing that's driving it is what are they going to do with this hotel? And they don't really ever have an answer for that.
1: <laughs> I, they learn everything the hard way.
0: Yeah. So the... Presumably, like Rachel said earlier, the name of the film comes from the, this last bit, which is the Silver Hills Snowmobile Race has a five thousand dollar prize.
3: Wait, no, they go back to the bank. Yes, and they have and the, and, and, the, and they're begging the bank for like an extension, a loan, something. And the, and Mary Wicks there, trying the the good person she is is like. Going, and pointing over to the snowmobile.
1: <laughs> that's and, true, yeah. And that's she, when
3: they realize that, wait, we could enter the snowmobile contest.
1: She also doesn't really she, like her boss very much. No. <laughs> I, yeah, I
3: thought and, this was a perfect... And why should she
1: really? Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, this was a perfect, uh, you know, Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life scene, right? I mean, he crawls back to Potter and then realizes the last minute, but I'm not I'm not going to, you know, stoop to your level. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe that's where they got it from, because you're right, it's a very similar moment.
0: Yes, but... She, and both, yeah, you're both right. have snow.
1: It's true.
0: Sorry. It's true. <laughs> and and hence, there the similarities end.
1: Yeah. There's a bank, and there is snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, she's the one who points this all out, and uh, she ends up... Uh, drawing their attention to the snowmobile race, and it's it's Mr. Ridgeway who has, I guess won, he's won the race for the last several years, and there's a five thousand dollar prize. So, I what's think, that?
1: Right. I wrote down the prizes. Hang on, it's first prize is twenty five hundred, second is fifteen hundred, and and third is one thousand. That's what it says on the sign. Though you may be right, because I'm pretty sure that they mentioned the prizes being completely different values at another point in the movie.
3: I I think so. Yeah. <laughs> They got more sponsors.
0: Yeah, so they end up uh, deciding that this is this is what they're going to do, uh, and they, you know, Wally has broken his arm, so Dean Jones is going to have to drive the snowmobile, which is called the Mighty Mongrel because Wally has welded it together from pieces of other snowmobiles that have crashed in this very race. Uh, and then Jesse, the 75-year-old Harry Morgan, is going to, to sit on the back of it because you have to have two people on the snowmobile. And it's supposed to be this wacky, silly race across the countryside, and, you know, like they go off-road, and there's supposed to be humor to it. But it wasn't funny.
2: It's not funny. They're just cheating.
4: E- like- yes. <laughs> yeah, the- there's gates all throughout the, the race, and, and they just kind of cruise across the, you know, the forest and then through the mine. You know, it was just kind of like. <laughs> can,
1: can we discuss this for a second? Because uh, something occurred to me when I watched this movie. Um, this whole entire scene with them going through the mine, going down the side of the mountain, getting ahead of the race, and everything like that, this doesn't sound like another Dean Jones race movie to you.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's
0: totally a love bug.
1: It's exactly the same race in the love bug, except on a snowmobile. Yeah. Exactly the same race.
4: Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. It just—I like—I. It was just like it's hard, you know, like when you. I feel like we've watched them close enough together. Like when I was a kid, I never would have noticed this, but you know, seeing it now, going, "Wow, it's the same exact like everything." Yeah. I also thought for a second they were going to find actual gold in the mine, and that was going to be the end of the whole thing.
2: Oh, that would have been a great ending. <laughs> well, not a great it ending. Have. It would have been a much better ending. It would have made as much sense.
0: Yeah. It, it at least would have meant that the things the characters were doing in the movie would have made some sort of input on the resolution, which is not what happens.
1: <laughs> no. Really, basically, the if you look at the movie as a larger thing, had they just sat around for four days in the house, everything would have worked out anyway.
0: Yes. Mhm. Or if they had just, when he went to the bank the first time, if he had just turned to the secretary and gone, "What do you think?"
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, I happen. thought it was. I I was entering interesting. Uh, Mary Wicks being in the movie because you know what other uh, movie was she in where there's a. Uh, Failing uh, was, ski lodge.
2: I was just about to bring that up. It's my favorite, like annual Christmas movie. We watch it every year. Absolutely. White Christmas. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> and she's basically playing the same role.
2: A little, a little less Snoopy, though. In uh, yeah. in in uh, White Christmas, she's always listening in on everyone's conversations.
1: That's true. She, she true. plays the best busybodies. She really, really mm. does. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, but yeah. So the race does not turn out well. Um, Jesse and Dean Jones miss the finish line. They, Ridgeway comes in. He uh, um, Baxter, Gene Jones's character can't get the snowmobile to stop. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just love that you said they missed the finish line.
4: <laughs> Don't <laughs> they, they?
1: By millimeters
4: couldn't they have just reached they... over and grabbed it i don't understand the yeah, rules they, here. i
1: agree had they put their arm out they would have <laughs> would that have counted i don't understand
4: <laughs> i don't think anyone does
0: <laughs> yeah no it doesn't make any sense so there's no reason to try to make sense of it um but anyway so they don't win the race so the, uh, but his wife who had Packed up her bags and the kids and was leaving for Denver, theoretically. We don't know because we never saw what happened. Um, Was waiting for him at the finish line. So the whole conflict was he's going to do the race. She doesn't want him to because it's going to be dangerous. And then he finishes the race and there she is. So we didn't even, like, again, we didn't even really need that plot point. (laughs) Nope. Um, All right. So now here comes the resolution. And I'm going to see if I can explain this properly. You guys need to help me here because, as I said, four times through this to understand what actually happened.
1: And guess what? There's still a problem with it, but but go.
0: Oh, I don't doubt it. All right, so they're in the lodge trying to figure out what they're going to do. Ridgway has brought over the transfer papers because of exactly what you said earlier, Todd. He gave him the check. Dean Jones can't repay it. Apparently in two days. That's the shortest loan I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't know. I guess because the first of the month came around, right? They do mention it's the first of the month. Usually, you take a loan in the middle of the month. You like, you have you to get a grace up, like, yeah, right. You get a and then it, you, and then it kicks in on the first of the following month, or the month after that, or something. You know, like I remember, like it's been a while since I had a mortgage, but that's what I remember.
0: Yeah, so. I, I, I'm guessing. I don't know. All right, but anyway, so Ridgeway is there. He's saying, you know, I'll give you, you know, I'm gonna give you the money. You sign the deed over to me. I will buy the resort from you for nothing, and I will put my school for boys together here in this resort. That's what I was planning to do with it. And Mary Wicks steps in and says, no, 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 you're not. You're not planning to put a school for boys here. Here's what you want to do. She tells everybody that the property includes several hundred acres of
1: pine timber. Three, Three thousand acres.
0: Ah, There we go. Thousands <laughs> of acres. That was donated by the local Indians to Dean Jones's uncle for as long as the tribe inhabited the land. I got that part straight so, right, so far, right? Yeah, yeah. And
2: mm-hmm. si-
0: since they don't live there anymore, the land then the timberland then goes back to the estate of Dean Jones's uncle, which means Dean Jones now owns all this timberland.
1: Not true, though. Here's right. the problem. But- Here, here's the problem with it, really quick. Remember I said this is the Gunnison National Forest, right?
4: Mm,
2: Yeah. Yeah. That
1: National Forest was created by Theodore Roosevelt in 1905. There's no way this is true. Yep. (laughs)
0: Oh, no doubt. But if that's the biggest problem we have, we're in luck. (laughs) All right, so so far, if everybody's following, Dean Jones owns... Thousands of acres of timberland, and Ridgeway wants to get the timberland from him apparently so he can log the place, sell the timber, and make a lot of money. I don't. They don't really go into it because it's the first we've seen why he wants the land, with like a minute and a half to go in the movie.
1: Right, and and not just that, but like had they maybe had like lot you know a logging company scoping out the land or something at some point in the movie that would have made sense.
0: Right. All right, so Jesse chimes in now, for whatever reason, we don't know. He says that the land that the town of Silver Hill was built on was given to the town by Farnsworth, Dean Jones' uncle, on the condition that there be certain buildings erected, including two hospitals and a library. And so they're all like, oh, great, well, that doesn't help us, la-la-la-la, and then the sun chimes in, and says, why don't you have the land, Dad, because I didn't see a library in town. Now, grant you, there was no point at which they've been back in the town, in, except for the race, in the whole movie. We haven't looked at whether there's a library. Nobody's really in, investigated this. There, none of this. Just the kid chimes in, well, I didn't see a library.
1: This way the audience has plausible deniability.
0: I, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Um and so everyone realizes that oh okay then that means that Dean Jones owns the entire town including the bank um Ridgway gives him an extension on the loan and says well I'll give you all the money you need to make this place work and uh bye <laughs> And that's the end of the movie
1: <laughs> What's the problem it makes no sense. <laughs> I, I agree. Also, I did, the whole thing with the Indians didn't make any sense to me at all. Sorry, Native Americans, but you know they call them Indians in the movie, so right. Um, like, yeah, I I don't I don't know. I got nothing. It makes no sense whatsoever. It just—it was like real. I think they just wanted to say, you know what? Your dad, act, your uncle, actually owned all the land that, that, here and the town, and but that doesn't necessarily make him own the bank.
0: No, because the just because he owns the land under the bank doesn't mean he actually owns the bank itself.
1: Right, but right. he could yeah. charge the bank back rent, I guess. That he could technically do, I guess. I don't know.
2: Hey, Something I like don't that. know. I w- I w- I do want to point out that there were three different people writing this screenplay. <laughs> this This feels like an ending that was written by committee. It that includes, one person said, I want the Indians. Another person said, well, we have to somehow pull the whole town into it. Uh,
1: yeah. and Let's point so out, much. one of those people actually wrote an unidentified flying oddball. So. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, I got nothing. It, it's just like, I don't understand. And here's the thing it's like, apparently everybody loved this movie in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> how, does, how does our Dean Jones loving guest feel about this movie relative to other Dean Jones movies, even? Well, Before even all talk right.
4: about. <clears throat> I, I, I have a fair perspective. So, all right, so when we were in elementary, uh, there was this, you know, one of those days, throwaway days where the teachers, you know, get a movie going. Well, back in that day, we, you know, you remember there's no such thing as VCR, so they, you know, had the full uh, wound film, and it was this movie. So I guess I had, like, an intimate connection to it early on. And so fast forward to, once again, you have kids, and, hey, it came out on DVD, let's grab this this movie up, and then you start watching it over and over with the kids. And then it just, it, it becomes kind of you know, I guess part of your life in a, in a way. But, uh, you know, I'll reflect back on just the same way we did with the Shaggy D8. It was a, it, it was a spirited time and Ron Miller was in charge and they kept trying to make family friendly movies that all ages could watch. Right. So in that sense and that spirit, it's still that kind of mentality. They succeeded
1: there. I agree. Yes. It. They definitely yes. succeeded in doing that. It's just, you could never. It's funny because you could. Like I think you could make a movie like The Love Bug and release it today and be fine. I don't yes. see how you could make this movie today and release it and think that no. you're going to be doing good. No. Nope. You know?
2: Yeah. Well, well, there's.
3: I. I. I think if you modified it a little. Oh sure. That you could. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the 80s, they called it Ski Patrol, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I think you would have to be much tighter with the story, yeah. uh, and much much funnier with the comedy. But I could see like like a Will Ferrell making
4: this movie, yeah. right? So yeah, uh, Todd Todd mentioned a, a little script change that I think would go a long way. So three years after this movie, uh, I don't know if you guys recall Faulty Towers. So, Faulty Towers, yeah. as the British comedy with John Cleese, you know, it was yep. basically uh, very similar to this. You know, the 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 quirky, you know, guests and and uh, you know, even the uh, the bus boy which was you know, in our in our movie was the the mountain man guy. But uh, <laughs> you know, let's rewind that, right? Let's put John Cleese in this movie and let's see what what how that would work out. That would have been cool. He's a lot more, uh, you know, slapstick. Uh, Full humor guy, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, Yeah, I, I, I think you could get away with this with a better physical comedian or something like that. But yeah, it's it's just.
2: I think uh, script wise, it also feels a bit. It feels like it's kind of of two minds. Like I was reading reviews online, and a lot of them were uh, echoing kind of the sentiment that you had that it's you know it's a movie that you grow up with your family and just kind of becomes a part of things, but me watching it you know for the first time i was kind of struck by some humor that seemed really out of place for a family comedy like especially like at the beginning him talking about like the the secretary's legs at his office and you know things (laughs) that would definitely not you know i mean him flirting with naomi and not really you know not really
1: sex yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) so the it it seemed kind of strange in that sense like if they had gone for a full adult comedy i could definitely see an audience for that or if they'd gone completely you know for the family aspect which i actually thought kind of was the one thing that i can give this movie that kind of worked like when the family you know initially arrived there and the place is all run down and you know they they just had like all this snowfall on them and everything and then they just decide to make the best of it and start a snowball fight that that was the one part, like the one part of the movie that actually kind of worked for me.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's, but it's a hot mess in general, <laughs> or a cold mess, as the case may be, since it's mostly snowing. Um, yeah. All right, um, let's let's rate this and uh, forever um, purge it from our, our our list of films to do. Uh, I will allow our guests to go first. Jeff, um what did you think on a scale of 1 to 5 here?
4: Oh, yeah, it, I would based on, you know, the rewatchability with my family, I would I'm leaning towards a 3, but if you look at it like you like Rachel just mentioned as as just a new fresh look at it, it's definitely on a scale of 2 in my opinion. It just doesn't hold weight. I mean, it's more like a TV made movie. I mean, uh, and these days this day and age is too much, you know, we're we're I think the, the general viewer is way more intelligent, so it's kinda uh it's not it's dated for sure. All right.
0: Uh Rachel, what do you think?
2: Um you know I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of between a one and a one and a half on this one. I was just really bored watching this movie. Um you know, I think I'm going to give it a one and a half because it, it wasn't, aside from the little bits of adult humor that were sprinkled in there, it wasn't offensive. And I could see why, like, you know, growing up with kids, you'd enjoy watching this. But um, I can't give it higher than that. I, one and a half.
0: All right. Cheryl, what would you think?
2: I'm good. to
3: did Rachel's one and a half. <laughs> I really think that we had um, a few different plot points in there. I think it was really long in some places. I think Todd timed one scene. I forget what scene he timed.
1: I was timing the, the skiing. And I agree. Skiing is actually like 22 minutes long, by the way. It's no joke what, you're, what you said. <laughs>
3: so, that's, that's not good. Yeah, so that's not good to have that long of a scene. So I, I'm going with the one and a half. All right, Todd?
1: um yeah i'm i'm really in that same range i i'm like rachel i wanna i really want to say one and a half but here's the thing it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna watch a dean jones movie this is in my opinion not the one to pick yes and and, and that's yeah. why i'm gonna and, and that statement alone is why i'm gonna go with the one it's just i i don't enjoy this movie i'm it, it it, and it's not it's not the fault of the actors. It's it's because I actually think all the acting is actually okay in the movie. I think it's the fault of the writers,
0: such as they are.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and that's what I'm talking it up to. And I just feel like like when you look at it against other Dean Jones movies, it's just bottom of the stack, in my opinion. I mean, I even liked Ugly Dachshund more than I like this.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Ugly Dogs
1: is yeah. way better than this. Yeah, yeah, so for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, uh, dogs. So, yeah, yeah, So I'm going with one star.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with you. I'm gonna go with one as well. Um, I'm with with Rachel. Like, I was just bored. Um, it definitely, there could have been more to it. Uh, it could have been funny. Uh, but it, you know, the scenes go on too long, and it just didn't didn't entertain me. Um I, I just was hoping to get through it more than anything else. So uh I think we're all there in that one one and a half range. So not something you're gonna wanna rush out to see. Um yeah, it's Dean Jones, it's it's okay, but yeah, I don't I don't think anybody should uh should rush out for this one. But all right, but if, if you disagree with us, you wanna Talk to us about it. Uh, let us know. S- send us a note, uh, DisneyFilmProject at gmail.com or on Twitter at DisFilmProject. Um, you can find us on Facebook, DisneyFilmProject, and of course leave a comment in the show notes at uh, DisneyFilmProject.com. I want to thank what? Jeff for joining us.
4: Sure thing.
3: I also wanted to sir. congratulate Matt S. Um, for being the winner of our of the big giveaway that we did with all the other blogs. Um, yes.
1: Oh, congratulations.
3: <laughs> if you listen to the show, congrats.
1: I, I think he might have actually, like, apparently only entered once and it was following us. If I followed the whole train of the conversation we had about he it. Left so a I, comment
3: on our blog.
1: So I thought that was, like, really cool that it was perhaps uh, us our his only entry for us that won. So, yay, Matt. Um, I have one more thing to add, just really quick, about the Snowball Express. It's not about the movie itself, but there is a charity organization called the Snowball Express that took its name from the movie. Uh, that was created uh, since since the 9-11 massacre, and uh, what they do is they go around the country and sometimes elsewhere um, to have parties for children of fallen military heroes, and uh, so it's a really good charity, and I just wanted to mention them, So, and I'll have their website in the show notes. Oh,
2: that's great.
0: So... Uh, if you, if you disagree with us, let us know. Um, Jeff, thanks for joining us. And, uh, I guess until next week, um, for Todd and Cheryl and Rachel, I'm Ryan and, and we'll see you soon.
3: Boy, that's the best knot I ever tied.
2: There's a fish in my drink. Not so loud. Everyone will want one.
4: Johnny, I wouldn't get on a three week toot with you if you paid for it and throwed in the Dolly sisters. Must be that go-around
0: I had with the widow Corzine, but heck, that was 20 years ago and she started it.
4: Where's
1: Silver Hill, Colorado? It's in Wyoming.